Welcome to Changing Rhythms Podcast. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Bethany. This podcast explores life's changing rhythms, and this season is all about parenthood. Today, we're talking about relationship changes in parenthood, how relationships between partners, older children, relatives, friends, even colleagues adjust through the phases of parenting. So um, just as a kind of recap, I am the parent of a 20-year-old young man, Rebecca. Yeah, and I'm the parent of an 18-month-old girl. So those are the perspectives that we are bringing. Um, So one of the first topics that I think um, we're going to address is the parent's friends, because a lot of times it will change, not necessarily in a good or bad way, it just will change. Um, You may find yourself having less time to spend with friends. Um, You may find yourself having um, shifting priorities. And so your conversations may change. Um, And so that could cause you to lose friends, not because there's some break um, in your friendship, but just it's, it's a change, it's an adjustment because your focus is not the same as it was before you had children. Right. So um, I would say I did not find this to be a big problem. Um, I keep my friend circle pretty small. And so for the most part, the people who um, I was friends with, I stayed friends with although definitely the amount of time that we spent together was not as much as it was previously. Mm-hmm. Um, but our friendships were such that it was okay. You know, it was okay if we spoke once a month or once every two or three months and we would just catch up and kind of move on from there. And that really worked for us. It worked for me. So ha- have you found yourself having to adjust in terms of like having less time or fewer friends to interact with? Yeah. You know, I, I don't feel that I have the same amount of time or the same type of time to spend with friends as I did before becoming a parent. But I also feel like it's been such an unusual situation since B was born. Um, We've been in a pandemic since I was pregnant. And so Uh, I wasn't spending a lot of time in person with friends anyway. I still have kept up with most friends in the same way, but I think I've realized the quality of our time together has changed for the better, I would say. Like, I know that the time is going to be limited. And so I guess the way that we design our time together is much more intentional and I think we all get more out of it. So I don't feel like I've lost friends becoming by becoming a parent, but I do feel like some friends perspective of me has changed. Like they expect that I won't have time for them, or they expect that I'm not able to care in the same way that I once did things like that. And so it's been a slow and steady journey of finding our footing again in relationships Mm -hmm. Um, but that's been overall, I feel like it's going well, 
It's just, yes, there have been some adjustments, not losing friends, but adjusting the way we interact. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. I think um, conversely, you could have the opposite happen where you make new friends because you are now in new spaces. Um, you're learning new things. You have new needs. Um, again, I wouldn't say that um, having my son really brought many new friends, possibly new acquaintances, but in mm -hmm. terms of like friend, real friendship, I don't really see that it brought um, new friends. Um, yeah, again, the circle is small. The circle has stayed small. So I didn't lose anyone, but I didn't really um, gain anyone either. What about you? Yeah, so we actually were part of a pregnancy group um, with the hospital where I delivered. And uh, we, we were just introduced to several other families through that group and we have stayed in touch. So in a way, I feel like I've made a couple of new friends. The group is large, but I feel like I would call maybe two of them friends. Um, and that's been really a nice experience an unexpected one. It's been nice to be able to sort of check in knowing that our children are about the same age. And so, yes, surprisingly, I would say I made some new friends as a result of becoming a parent, but not in the ways that I'm used to making friends. It was just sort of friends by association, you know, start out as acquaintances and some of those relationships have grown. So yes, in a way, my answer is yes. <laughs> okay. That's good. Again, that's good. Um, I know one of the things that changed was the spaces that I frequented. Um, again, not a dramatic change, but just when you have a child, you you want to do things that are more child-friendly, um, that are more enriching for the child. And so there was definitely um, a change of space. And what I found um, was that I had to reevaluate how I viewed things because I had to view them in terms of how is this going to impact my son? You know, is this a positive space? Are these people that, um, that I want him to interact with on a regular basis? How do I help him navigate um, having to interact with people that you don't necessarily agree with or who have different values from you. Um, so that was definitely, <clears throat> excuse me, something that I had to be very intentional about. Um, yeah, we didn't really do play dates that I can, that I can think of that um, didn't happen very often, but I will say um, like with his classmates, if there was a birthday party or um, if there was a trip or just something where there was a gathering, I definitely went. <laughs> I was not one who dropped off my kid and left, but I stuck around because I wanted to see, well, I wanted to watch how he interacted with other children. Um, I wanted to see what kinds of things he was hearing, seeing, experiencing, so that we maybe could talk about those things later, depending upon 
what happened. And it didn't necessarily have to be a bad thing. You know, I think, I feel like sometimes as parents, there's only a conversation when you want to address something negative. And I think it opens up your communication with your child when they know that a conversation is not always something negative. It's just a conversation. It's just me wanting to talk to you, wanting to see what you think, how you feel about any given situation. It's not because something needs to be corrected or because something negative happened. So, yeah. So I know we don't have the classmates for you yet, but how about playdates? Have you been doing playdates and how do you handle those? Yeah, well, first I just wanna respond to what you've done. And it sounds like a really wise approach to me, um, especially the intentionality to have neutral or open conversations that aren't always heavy with correction. So, but getting the opportunity, taking the opportunities to observe your son and learn about him. Um, I think that's incredible. It's something I definitely want to do as well. So yes, no classmates yet. B is not in daycare or anything like that, but we have had play dates with those parents from the pregnancy group. And um, it was sort of in the warmer months so we could play outside and we haven't done anything so far this winter though. We might um, we'll see, we'll see where, where sickness and things take us, but we've had a really good time with the play dates. It's been eye-opening to see how our children are different and similar. I, I do feel some hesitation to um, compare. I don't want to compare our children and, and I try to always uh, respond to comparison, you know, with the same idea that yeah, they're all different. They're, they're born around the same time, but they're going to be different. It's, it's okay. Like mm -hmm. just cause my kid's doing something, your kid's not doing, or your kid's doing something. My kid's not doing. It's fine. This is early life. They're not hitting, they're not missing milestones yet. So I've, I've had comparison come up a lot in play dates and things of that nature. And so that's something again, that I, I just want to take the opportunity to learn from um, observing, but not drawing and not drawing conclusions that may be harmful or that, that make me feel panicked or make my daughter feel panicked. Like she needs to be advancing in this area because the guy we played with, the little kid that we played with is more advanced or whatever the case may be. So it's just something that's kind of made me mindful of the messages I'm receiving about her development, as well as the messages that she's receiving. But we also just have fun at the play dates. It's also just nice to get outside with friends and explore leaves and grass and look at animals that are out at the park. Bee loves the squirrels and the trees. And so, yeah, it's, it's been a fun experience, but also one that, again, I want to take the opportunities to observe and learn what we can um, and sometimes conflicting values do come up and thankfully they haven't been too serious yet in these social situations, but, um, I've learned that in some ways I'm the mom that lets her kid take risks, not like 
physical risks in terms of just go run over there and do whatever you want. Not something like that, but I was feeding her grapes in a manner that the other moms were like, but isn't that a choking hazard? And I so respect their concern because of course we want to take care and not have our children choke on things. But when B shows me that she's capable of something, I try to kind of go based on what she's capable of rather than what's the general guideline for her age group all the time. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of placed me in this category of the risky mom. And I'm like, (laughs) Oh, I never, I never saw myself being that way, but I guess so. If she's able to climb in and out of the chair by herself, I let her do it with close observation. Mm -hmm. If she's able to eat this or that, I let her do it and I'm ready. I can knock that out of her throat if I have to, but that's how she learns and develops and grows. And, and I don't, I don't want to hold her back, but I also let her learn, you know, by her insisting, cause she does this all the time that she wants to do it by herself. She's so self-sufficient, just like her mm. mother. Yeah. I'm learning from that. But um, as she makes those decisions, I try to let them play out so that she can see this might be a time that you ask mom for help Mm -hmm. and she's learning and I'm learning and it's been good, but spending time with other people at playdates and things, even if we have some different approaches to handling things like what food we give our children or how they play, it's been a great learning experience for all of us. Yeah, that that sounds, excuse me, like the healthy approach. Definitely. You know, I I definitely hate using cliches, but, you know, the one that says comparison is a thief of joy is really true. Mm -hmm. Because if you spend all of your time comparing your child to another child or another child to your child, you don't get to enjoy who your child is right in that moment. Right. You know, and so I definitely... Um, not while he was younger, but definitely as he got older, I had to remind myself that he is who he is and who he is, is okay. You know, and, um, I hope that I instilled in him that he doesn't have to compare himself to anyone else. I mean, it's hard not to look and make observations about what's the same or what's different what is perceived as better or what's perceived as worse. But then what do you do with that? Do you decide that this person is better than me because they can run faster or because they learn their timetables before me or, or whatever it is, or do you just go, huh, okay, they know what I don't and keep going, you know? And, and it's, it's easier said than done most definitely. But um, a lot of times I just had to learn to be quiet. It's, it's okay not to say anything, you know, because sometimes it's better just not to say anything than to say the wrong thing with good intentions. Yeah. You know? And so sometimes I, I, I won't say I never got caught up in comparison because that wouldn't be true, but in those moments, I just was quiet. I, I know that I never said what another kid was doing compared to what he was doing. Yeah. Because that's, that's not fair to him or the other child, because we don't know what the other child went through to get to where they are or 
what Jacob's going through for where for to get to where he is. Like, yes, I know because I'm his mom, but we don't know everything they're thinking and feeling at all times. Because mm-hmm. for as open as he is with me, he's not going to tell me everything. You know, and there's yeah. a lot of things that that I don't know. You know, and so it just it's just not fair to anyone. And so sometimes I just I would just nod <laughs> and not say anything. What rather wisdom. Than, rather than risk saying the wrong thing, definitely. Yeah. I definitely feel like I'm learning that in new ways as a parent and as a parent interacting with other parents. Um, being in this pregnancy group, we have a, a group text and it's like my, my typical approach is to, if someone asks me a question, I, I respond because that seems like the most natural and respectful thing to do. But <laughs> I have definitely had some experiences in that group text that made me think, you know, it might be best not to respond. It might be best to let the group <clears throat> handle this without mm-hmm. me, because a lot of the time my, my response to a question like, what's your experience with this? I think would come across as, I don't, I don't know if they would say showing off, but it was clear to me that it didn't encourage anybody Mm -hmm. uh, to hear that I wasn't struggling with that. Mm -hmm. And that, that happened several times. And I felt that the engagement I'm getting in this group is very different from the engagement that others who are like, oh yeah, me too struggling alongside you in that are getting. And so I just began to be quiet and observe more. Mm -hmm. And I really don't know what anyone was thinking about me, but I, I do feel that I have come to value not responding as the right response Mm -hmm. where I haven't been in a situation where I've seen it that clearly and that way before, but parenting seems to be special in that (laughs) it's so personal, obviously, but it's also, there's a lot of insecurity there. I think, Mm -hmm. um, like, what if I'm not doing it right? What if the, the, the situation or the way that I'm going about it is harmful to my child, or I'm not giving them their best chance or, you know, things like that come up for a lot of us. And so I, I see that there are many opportunities to respond with, with silence and wait and see, and they know perhaps because of our conversations that maybe I have a unique experience that they want to hear about and they can ask me specifically rather than, um, me always readily sharing it. Uh, I hope that makes sense. No, it, it absolutely does without specifics. Yeah. Okay, great. (laughs) It does. It does. And when you said that parenting is very pub, uh, private, it is, or personal, you said personal. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking it, it is, it is very personal, but it plays out very publicly. And that's, that's kind of the hard thing to balance because if it were personal and you kind of keep it private and no one really knows, then it's kind of easier to maybe admit your mistakes, even if just to yourself you know, and, and kind of learn in a more positive way, but because it's personal, but it's, it's played out publicly. And so 
people make judgments based on the public part of it that they see and, and not knowing everything that goes into it, it just makes it that much harder. And so sometimes I think, you know, parents can be defensive, you know, like I was watching a video and the mom kind of barked at her kid. And I guess the initial response was that, oh, the mom was wrong for how she addressed the child. And, but I was surprised that most of the comments were like, you don't know how many times she had told the kid, you know, before she yelled or, you know, parents get frustrated too. And, you know, just very supportive of the mom. And, and I completely agree that you don't know, cause it was just a short clip. But then my question is why post it? You know, like that was a private yeah. moment, but why post, you know, and, and that's kind of the, it gets played out publicly, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but then you get defensive if someone has a negative reaction to what they saw, but they only saw one side in a very short, uh, a short clip of that one side. Right. You know, and so I feel like we have to do better at protecting, you know, our parenting, if that makes sense. It makes sense to me. I do think you can't always control the setting that you're in and that people are observing you as a parent, but you can create systems that work to communicate well with your child and your family so that you're able to, I don't know, I don't know what the circumstances were when that clip was recorded, but so that you're, you're able to communicate in healthy ways, whether you're at home or in public. Um, and, and that's not to say that it's unhealthy to get frustrated, just that, I don't know, there's some consistency in the way that you're communicating and that the right things are being communicated. So this isn't really a comment on that clip because I didn't even see it. I don't even know mm-hmm. second or third hand what happened, but I do feel like being mindful of the differences in parenting publicly and privately is really important. And mm-hmm. a lot of kids that I've known from taking care of other people's children behave so differently when you're in their home versus out and about like mm-hmm. at the zoo or something. So I, I know my own child does as well, but it's, it's a good thing to be mindful of, you know, the way that I'm going to approach communicating and disciplining in every setting so that we have some consistency, even though we're in different settings and we also have um, a mutual understanding, a, a set of expectations between us, you know, mm-hmm. um, so that when public parenting happens and there's nothing we can do about it, there's a sense of integrity that mm-hmm. this is how my mom always is at her mm-hmm. core. This mm-hmm. is how my child and our relationship always is. We're able to carry that through, uh, regardless of the change in environment. I, I hope that's something we're developing. Yeah. And, and I would, I would agree that consistency is so important. 
because it's confusing for a child when, you know, mom responds in one way at home, but is a completely different person when we're in public, you know, because then it becomes the child learns that behavior is dependent upon environment as opposed to expectations. You know, if the expectation is that um, we don't put our feet on the couch, well, that's whether I'm at my house, your house, someone else, like that's just the expectation, no matter where we are, we don't put our feet on the couch. Or if the expectation is um, that we don't, I don't know, use certain words, well, those words are not okay no matter where we are, whether we're at home or we're at school or wherever, we just don't use those particular words. And so I think consistency, it, it helps the child have, have boundaries and know what to expect and they can feel secure, you know, mm-hmm. because they know what to expect and they know what's expected of them. Cause that's another thing that kind of causes anxiety is when you don't know what to expect. You don't know which parent you're going to get because there's at home mommy and then there's out in public mommy, but they're not the same mommy. And depending upon what I do, you know, the in public mommy might be different if we're at the store or if we're at the park or, you know, there has to be just kind of a baseline of expectations, as you said. So I agree that consistency is really, really important. Yeah. I definitely appreciate the lessons for parenting, but also the lessons for self-care that come from observing that, how consistency plays out for, for me and for my child, because the same kinds of healthy boundaries that I'm trying to provide for her and consistency I'm trying to provide for her, I benefit from, and I see ways that I can apply that in my life apart from parenting that I didn't really value or prioritize in the same way before being responsible to work them out in her life. Mm -hmm. So it's just been a really eye-opening experience parenting. That's one of the, the rhythms that's changed for me is applying these healthy things that I'm creating for my child to myself as well. Mm -hmm. Most definitely. So you kind of touched on relatives. So that's going to be our segue. So um, how have things changed with how you related to your your family? Um, I know for me, there wasn't really, um, I don't know. I, I feel like there wasn't a, a huge change. There wasn't a huge shift in our dynamics, like my sisters, we kind of have maintained the relationship we've always had. You know, it hasn't improved or declined. It just, it just is what it is. Um, I feel like with my mom, before she passed away, um, it actually opened some channels for conversation where we didn't have those conversations before. Um, I know there were times where she gave unsolicited advice, but 
I would say if I didn't take it, she didn't really say much. You know, it wasn't, this is what I said, this is what you should do. It was, okay, this is what I think. And you, you know, take it or don't. If it bothered her, she never said anything, you know, so I don't know that it bothered her when I didn't take um, her advice. Have you found that to be the same? Yeah, you know, I think the big, the big thing is that no one in my immediate family, my mom and my sisters and my dad, um, or even Tim's mom, none of them have really given a lot of unsolicited advice, um, which I'm grateful for. I'm grateful, (laughs) but they have been there when I've asked, they have been ready to engage and figure things out with me as I've expressed that need. And my mom in particular, she has had six children. She's raised six children, plus, you know, been a part of raising children around her outside of our immediate family. And I think that she has a deep understanding of the value of advice and the timing of advice. And Mm -hmm. it's been refreshing to be able to share with her what's going on and here's what we're trying to do about it. And here's what we're thinking without her um, going overboard or taking over the situation. Um, So yeah, it's been a good experience getting advice from my family, my sisters. um, I say my sisters, I have two brothers too, but all of them, none of them have children of their own. So I think that they're, they're not necessarily only learning from me, but they're kind of observing and, and not so much giving advice, but they have shared what their friends have done with their children. And they have shared, you know, what experiences they have had, but never really in a way that's been bothersome or unhelpful. It's always been a really positive experience so far. And I almost wish I had something negative to say or something that felt negative to say, just so that we could explore this conversation a bit more. But so far, it's been really good getting advice from my relatives. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I understand the sentiment, but I'm glad that I didn't have that experience because I've heard, you know, of people getting unwanted advice in an overbearing way. Yeah. And especially if you're a first time parent, I can just imagine that that's overwhelming, you know, mm-hmm. because you want to establish and again, unsolicited, you know, it, there's it's very different if you're asking what to do and they're telling you. But when you're trying to establish your own patterns, your own habits, your own way of parenting and you have someone continually telling you a different way or what they perceive to be a better way to do it. I just imagine that would be very stressful, you know, for a first time parent. I think so too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To try to juggle just being a a new parent with, you know, almost feeling inadequate because they keep telling you essentially what you're doing is not good enough. Not Mm -hmm. even that it's wrong, but it's just not good enough. And I know that that's a concern that a lot of parents have is, is what I'm doing good enough and not good enough as in, you know, 
the basics, but like, is this beneficial to my child? Am I, you know, not harming my child? Am I doing something that um, is going to build them up in the long run? Even if you don't think that explicitly, I feel like just that underlying concern is there all the time. For sure. And I, I have had a couple of instances of advice that I would have not, not uh, asked for from friends. And I think it's so interesting, you know, cause I, I don't think any of them said you're not good enough, but like you pointed out, it's like, there's this inherent question, especially with a newborn, am I doing enough for my child? Am I doing everything right by my child? You know? And so any unsolicited advice can throw a wrench in my confidence in that phase, you know? And I only had a couple of things happen like that. None of them from my family, but from friends. And I definitely feel like it's important to know the impact when you start to offer up things like that and leave a lot of space for people to do things differently and, you know, be clear about what's wrong and what's just different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause usually with parenting, it's just different. Right. Um, that's at least been my experience so far. So yes. Yeah. Um, how about how you're viewed? Have you, have you found, um, that your your parents especially still view you because you are still their child, but you're not a child. And so do you feel like um, that dynamic in any way changed once you had B or is it, has it kind of always, is it pretty much the way it's always been? Great question. And I, I might need a couple years to, to process that and figure out <laughs> what the answer is. But, but I think, I think that they have consistently shown me, they view me as an adult. I don't know what they're thinking behind the scenes, <laughs> but I don't know if I give them a lot of opportunities to tell me if they still view me as a child, like if they are, it's not relevant to my life. At least that's the way I have it set up. Um, but they're, they're very respectful in the way they engage with me. And I think they value maybe even more than I do. My experience is taking care of other people's children. Mm-hmm. They seem really confident that I have what I need to be a parent. And that's been a really nice thing to not have to worry about, not even have to think about. So as far as I know, yes, they view me as an adult. They have not shown me that they, they view me as a child or that in some way I'm not capable or ready to be a parent. So all good over there in that area. What about you? Yeah, I I would say pretty much the same. Um, Yeah. I, I don't really recall any any times or any instances where I felt like, oh, you just won't let me grow up or, you know, I'm not a child anymore. I don't, you know, and I feel like it was, <laughs> well, you have this child. So whether you're an adult or not, you know, you need to be an adult. And so 
it just, it was never an issue. Definitely. But I, I could, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, but um, I do feel that there were times where she gave um, more emotional support than I got when I was growing up, which I appreciated. Yeah. That sounds really good. Yeah. I definitely could see how, even though it wasn't your experience or mine, it, it would be expected in some cases for a parent to struggle to see their child as a parent and as an adult ready to be a parent. Um, Cause we do tend to notice at least notice the areas in which our children are not ready for things, Mm -hmm. but they think they are, or they want to be. And we're Mm -hmm. like, no, no, no. You know, we can see it more clearly. And so we tend to fixate on that perhaps, but it's great when we can learn to take a step back and maybe our mothers have the experience to know um, it doesn't, it doesn't serve us for them to get too involved and assume we can't do what we need to do or have what it takes to be the parent that we need to be. So that's, that's a a blessing, I think. And I'm grateful for it because I feel like I have seen many examples around me of people who have a very different experience. Um, Parents that are having a difficult time letting go and letting that child be just as much of an adult as their parent is. So I'm grateful for our experience, but I definitely think um, it's something I want to stay mindful of so Mm -hmm. that I can do something similar to my parents. Expect me to, to grow into the stage that she's in and have what she needs to do well. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. I was, I was thinking, um, I wonder if part of the reason was because even though I did some things differently at the core, I kind of parented the same way she did, Hmm. you know? And so because it wasn't like drastically different, you know, she didn't feel the need to step in. Whereas maybe if I had done something again, there were differences, but like certain things just were the same because it was the same. She felt like, okay, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I'm sure that could be a comfort to see, you know, you falling in a similar path. Um, That could be a comfort to her as your mom. So that makes sense to me. I, I definitely am just at the beginning of this journey. So like I said, maybe I'll have some more processing done in another couple of years and we can revisit this part. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I, I said that I felt like I got more emotional support. How, how do you feel? Do you feel like you get, um, a good amount of emotional and, and not just emotional, any kind of support that you want to address? Yeah, I do. I feel like my family, not just my siblings and my parents, but my cousins and my grandparents are um, deeply invested in B and 
therefore in me as well. Um, so I feel very supported. I know earlier when the pandemic felt new, um, one of my cousins in particular, she just showered us with, with gifts and groceries and clothing. She made sure and she asked consistently, what do you need now? What, how's she growing out of this outfit or that outfit? And, you know, and, and friends, I know we're talking about relatives right now, but I feel like it was just an incredible show of support from my relatives and my friends that are like family. Mm -hmm. So yes, in terms of emotional support, I didn't always ask for the emotional support that I could have used. I'm getting better at that. That's a new skill for me, but they were there when I needed them. And, Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of showing up to help out with things. Yes, it was pretty consistent. And I think the change for me in stepping into parenting has been learning to rely on others for all those types of support, giving of their time and their resources and their lending an ear as I need it. So for me, it's been a process of learning to acknowledge that I need it that it could be helpful and I can ask for that and then actually asking for it. Um, But I feel like as I've been trying to step up to that challenge, they've been ready to receive me. So I'm grateful for that. Yeah, that's good. It's, it's funny because before this conversation, I don't think I ever really thought about Jacob's younger years right? Because honestly, once you get on that path, it's just, you know, okay, we got to get to the next stage. We got to get to the next year. We got to get through today, you know? And so I didn't really, yeah, I haven't really had a lot of time to reflect, but in doing so now, I feel like, yeah, we had our challenges most definitely, and we had our problems, but I'm very thankful that the problems that we did have were not insurmountable and they never felt insurmountable, you know, um, and that overall it was, I think it was a good experience for, for both of us in terms of me being his parent. Um, I hope it was a good experience for him (laughs) being my child. (laughs) Um, but yeah. And so I am, I am very appreciative because I know that, the challenges that we faced could have been so much more. They could have been compounded by so many more things. Like if I did, if I had lost all of my friends, that'd be really hard. Or, you know, if I couldn't figure out how to um, navigate the comparison, that would be really hard. Like just, just things that, um, I don't know, I just feel really blessed to have, dodge some of those pitfalls. Yeah. Yeah. I do wonder um, what our listeners' experiences have been in in those ways. And because I I feel like maybe it's rare that the two of us are sitting here not having experienced some of those really hard things, but I don't know. I definitely want to acknowledge and be aware that we've been fortunate 
and having been spared from, from those things, even though we've had to deal with our own other struggles, we've been really fortunate to have this experience. I definitely agree. So this concludes part one of our episode on relationship changes in parenthood. Come back for part two of the discussion. We invite you to email us at changingrhythmspodcast at gmail.com with any comments you have or any questions you have. We'd love to hear from you and we look forward to exploring with you, more with you. Stay safe and healthy until then. Bye.